0: served at the Pentagon as an Army Jag. He graduated from Notre Dame and has two law degrees from Boston University and Georgetown University. He's been practicing law for over 30 years. He's your family's personal attorney. It's
1: time for the David Carrier Show. Hello and welcome to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. And you have found the place where we talk about estate planning, elder law, real estate and business law. So give us a call. Why don't you? 774-2424. Area code 616-774-2424. We'll get your question, comment or concern on the air. How easy is that? Very easy. Very easy. Super easy. 616-774-2424. Of course, we have a website. You know, that's that's the Internet thingy there. Videos on the website, radio on the website, all kinds of great stuff on the website. And guess what we call the website? DavidCarrierLaw.com. There you go, DavidCarrierLaw.com. All kinds of great stuff on the website. We do these uh, workshops. We're doing a couple of them a week now, live and local. And, yeah, we're still worried about Omicron and Theta, Perseus, and blah, blah, blah. Still worried about the virus, of course, of course we are. still irradiating <laughs> ultraviolet radiating our air at the uh, at the main office, anyway, that's one we have control over. Um, and we've got the uh what do you call the viral hospital-grade uh, air filters and um all that all that good, et cetera. So you know, doing what we can um, to uh, uh, keep things safe. You know, everyone gets a. I, I think we still have the uh, thermometer at the front. You know, so you get to, you know, you get to uh, take your temperature when you uh, when you come in, uh, that kind of thing. But you know, I, I do have to say we, we're seeing more and more folks at the at the live workshops. Of course, we still do them online, so that's that's also available. But um, uh, got to get on with life. You know, you got to get on, get busy living and get busy dying. Hmm, maybe that's a. Oh, maybe I'll maybe I'll uh, trademark that, huh? What do you think? Anyway, uh 616-774-2424. If you have a question, comment, or concern about estate planning, elder law, real estate, or uh business law. We are living through interesting times, very interesting times. Um, thank goodness uh things won't be as bad. Probably won't be as bad as they could have been. It uh, looks like the uh the most recent uh, trillions of dollars of of uh payola is uh that's <laughs> what i think of it as of uh payola is not being uh paola'd out uh, at least not yet we'll see uh, we'll see what happens um but uh, cr- you know kind of craziness going on here's what i'd like to focus on though if you don't mind the uh you know it is christmas time right nativity and babies being born and all that kind of all that kind of stuff and frankly most of our folks are people who've built up during the lifetime. They've done the hard work. They've taken the time. They've built the farm. They've built the business. They've saved their money. They've done the good things, okay? And at this point, we're looking to conserve uh, what they have, right? They say that reality is conservative. In other words, um, people tend to want to hang on to what they have, right? And our desire to maintain what we 've earned is stronger than our desire to acquire more. all kinds of studies, psychological studies, you know, you know the big big brain people on this one uh, Very clear that people once you've once you 've done the work, once you've accomplished something, once you 've put some savings aside it's more important for folks to hang on to what they 've got than it is to gobble up some more. Now, there are some notable exceptions. I think we can see who those are, right, without naming names, Joe Biden. Um, you know, I mean, we can you can see that, um, you know, that there are some people who are just avaricious, you know, always want to get more. But that's not most people. Uh, most people, once they have some, you know, once they've got their uh, life savings intact, they want to keep it intact. And frankly, that's what we've always been aimed at is maintaining. A consequence of that is you have to have something to maintain, right? <laughs> That's kind of obvious. What about younger people who have much less to maintain and much more to aspire to, good things that they want to have happen. And what is more important uh to anybody than their children, than their kids. The you know children are a bet on the future. And it is it's deeply disturbing to me where you see a lot of people who uh, won't have kids, don't have kids, oh, the world's such a horrible place. The world's never been a better place for in the whole history of the world. When's it been better? You no, know, oh, we got COVID. Yeah, they had the Black Death. <laughs> they had the plague, all right? Oh, we got, you know, the Omicron variant. Yeah, they had dysentery and malaria and polio. Okay, I mean, what are you talking about? A little perspective might be might be helpful. At the same time, right, those people who do have kids, it's like that they're a bet on the future, aren't they? They're a hope that things will be better, hope that things will be good, you know, and it's, it's not popular. I get that. You know, it doesn't seem to be as popular as it used to be to bet on the future. Still in all, there are things that you can do uh, when you have kids, should do, and most people look at having kids, you're busy. I understand. Yeah, have four, right? Uh, they're not little anymore except for one, and he's not little either, taller than I am. But, uh, you know, uh, you, you've got hopes, dreams, aspirations for them. The question is, um, what if something happens to you, which, of course, nobody wants to look at, consider the possibility of, and frankly, it's less likely. If, you're, if you've are got a parent with young kids, <clears throat> chances are good that you're not going to have a tragedy. Right? Let's put it on the table. I mean, what's the chances? Not great. Hooray! I'm glad they're not great. I'm glad there's small chances. On the other hand, what are the consequences uh, to your kids if the bad thing happens? What are the consequences? Well, the answer is devastation. Because the way most of you young parents, and you know who I'm talking to you, I'm talking to you, and if you're uh, grandparents, you know, new grandparents, chances are extremely good that your kids have not done the most basic things necessary to make sure that your grandkids don't turn into crack addicts. You know what I mean? We get the, you know, methamphetamine flooding across the border uh, with fentanyl flooding across the border, all these drugs and stuff. Plus now it's legal to get high all the time. Well, it takes a lot to keep kids away from that stuff. Okay. And if you take away the parents, and you give them a ton of money, right? So parents die, 18 years old, in comes the insurance, in comes the 401K, the IRA, all you know, sale of the house, all the rest of this stuff. It's miraculous that anyone would survive that, and they don't, as a matter of fact. Right? Very, very devastating to lose your parents, okay? Even if there's a supportive family, everything else, you give a kid a ton of money. Kid does with a ton of money what you expect them to do. Which is to get rid of it just as quickly as they possibly can in the worst way possible. Okay. And it seems to me that while it is important as older folks, you know, that you conserve what you have, right, to take care of yourself, take care of your spouse, that's important, right? Screw the kids. I get that. The grown up kids, right? But at the same time, we would be horribly remiss if we don't look at the kids. What do we do? for little kids and that's where the greatest damage that's where the greatest loss is possible you see because if you lose your life savings right whether it's nursing home poverty or what have you okay that's terrible that's bad i've put a career together you know we got the 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 whole team you know almost 50 people all we're doing all day or what we're doing primarily all day is making sure that what you have built up will serve you for the rest of your life. Because for most people, it won't because that's they don't do the planning correctly. Okay, so that's what we're about. But it's not just that. We also look at what about that next generation? What about the uh, folks with young kids? In the next segment, I'm going to talk about the very particular challenges we have. Because here's the deal. If you mess up your estate plan, you screw up your estate plan. You're older, okay? Now, Brian, our our, our uh, farmer, right? What if he screws it up? Well, he and his wife are going to suffer. Yeah, there's no question they're going to suffer. Going to lose a lifetime of building gone very very quickly, especially in this environment, you know, the 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 long term care environment we're in right now. Going to gone like snowflake on a hot griddle, okay? Boom. But that's about you, okay? And if you screw up, then it comes down on your head, and I'm sorry for that, but you reap what you sow. But when you're looking at minor children, parents of young kids, right, the stakes are so much higher, right? The likelihood is less. I agree with that. The chances are less. But the stakes, what's important, what's at risk is so much more. It's not just dollars. It's not just your life. It's the new life that you brought into the world. OK, that's what's at risk. That's why, even though the chances are less, the consequences of messing it up are much, much higher. And so that's what we're going to talk about when we get back. How do you make sure that you don't mess up your kids? Little kids. I'm not talking about your grownups saying they're doing what they're doing. But the little kids, that's what we're going to be focused on. You've been listening to The David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. When the world falls in love, every song.
0: David's got the how to you're looking for. Just call 774
1: 2424. This is the David Carrier Show. Well, I guess if Die Hard is a Christmas music, then uh, Michael Jackson is. <laughs> this is a Christmas song. Why not? You're listening to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. We're talking about kids, little kids, and what the parents of little kids should be doing uh, in terms of their estate planning. You know, we focus on elder law. We focus on conserving uh, what you've built up already. Yeah, and that's that's mostly uh, that is mostly what we do. Uh, but I think that the most important thing that we do is protect that next generation. And uh, you see it. It's terrible. It, it is It is just awful what um, uh, the lack of preparation. And even when people get a will or, or what have you, um, the way that it's done is, is <laughs> it almost guarantees failure is what it does. You can kind of tell people aren't really serious about it by the way that they do it, and and I'm pointing the finger at, um, well, parents. I mean, I, I, you get a you get a you get a pass on this because you're not supposed to know what's going on, you know, with the statement. Why would you? How would you? Um, but I mean, the people peddling um, the solutions for uh, for for uh, parents with young children, it is. My, my father used to when when he <laughs> if he'd be criticizing. Uh, a lack of a certain lack of effort, he would describe you as having giving, given a job a lick and a promise. In other words, you did a little bit and then you promised to get back to it as opposed to actually doing the job. And giving something a lick and a promise was not a positive uh, evaluation, let me assure you. And yet that's what we see repeatedly with uh, the, the planning that people do for their kids. It's like, in some ways, it's worse than doing nothing in some ways. Uh, the way they do it. And uh, so let me talk about what you should be thinking about. I would say you should be thinking about as parent of a small child. Imagine that you and your spouse were not there anymore. That's what you have to do. It's a negative thing. It's a horrible thing. Ghost of Christmas future. You know, I see an empty chair by the chimney with the crutch and all that. Okay, Tiny Tim is gone. Oh, no, excuse me. Bob and Mrs. Cratchit are gone and the Cratchit kids now have to make it on their own. How's that gonna work? Well, what everybody does, what everybody does is they put their kids as beneficiary on the IRA, the 401K, the life insurance policy. And the reason people do this is not uh, innate evil or, uh, you know, whatever, lack of intelligence. They do it because the smart people tell them to do it. I mean, the, the person at the bank, oh, put your kids on there. Oh, your financial advisor, oh, put your kids on there which is like insanity times two, because number one, if you put your kids on there and the kids are little, that means the probate court is going to have control over it till they're 18. All right. And by control, I mean, they're going to put it on a restricted account. And then whoever uh, is the guardian or conservator for the minor children will have access to it, but they've got to go back to probate court and say, you know, hey, judge, pretty please, may I have some money? So, So you're burdening your family with that. And and this is the worst part in my opinion um at age 18 the kid gets a check what what see if you're if you're doing it right with the with the life insurance right you should have at least 10 times and nowadays with interest rates 20 times annual earnings and if you're younger okay you can buy term insurance that's pretty darn cheap pretty darn cheap okay because people, younger people don't die, as a matter of fact. Now, if you did, and that's what this is, this is a bet, life insurance is a bet, that you might die young. And if you die young and you're not there to provide the do-re-mi, the do, get it, do-re-mi, the, the money, uh, for your family, how is that going to happen? How is that going to happen? The answer is that's what the life insurance is there for, Okay. So if you buy 20 times earnings, it used to be 10 times earnings because you could, you know, that kind of worked. But it, but nowadays with low, low interest rates, figure 20 times earnings. Why not? I'm not an insurance guy. What do I know about it? Go online. Get the cheapest life insurance you possibly can, right, because AAA-rated life insurance is meaningless. Every U.S. policy pays off, every United States of America life insurance company. Because why? Because the big boys will buy out the weak sisters. The, oh, Sorry. The failing companies. Okay, so if you got a lousy insurance company and it fails, Mass Mutual, New York Life, MetLife, Prudential, they'll buy them out. They'll work it out, and the money will come through. Okay, so you know, you know, do you really want, you know, Bob and Ted's life insurance? Well, probably not. All right, get get one where they'll service the policy and what have you. Okay, get a halfway decent one, but but don't get all wrapped around the axle on. Oh, I must have the one that advertises on during football games you know you don't have to have that life insurance okay get a cheap term policy 20 times your earnings right but then and this is the important part and i'll get back to this because i've only got a couple minutes right now but then don't just give it to the kid when they're 18 years old what are you thinking what are you thinking you got a two-year-old oh i've got the life insurance policy that's great because now there's a chunk of money there that will replace you in your earning role. Okay? Whether it's mom or dad, whatever, everyone's to an income family these days. I get it, okay? So whoever you, you know, get 20 times your annual uh earnings. It what's it going to hurt? Okay? And it and get a 20, 20 year policy, get a 25-year level term policy. Um, you know, you can buy those go online and do it. Okay? They're not that expensive but what you've done is you've covered the risk that you're going to die young. Okay. And listen, with fentanyl flooding the border, counterfeit pills on and on a COVID for crying out loud. Okay. All right. And I know it's COVID only kills the old people, which is pretty much true. You know, 99% or some ridiculous percentage of the deaths are, you know, 50 and over and 80%, 80%, sixteen over. I mean, you can look at the numbers yourself, okay? So I'm not saying you're going to die of COVID, but some people do. Some people do. It's a new threat. You got to take it seriously. You should take it seriously, right? Um, so so there's that out there. So you buy the term life insurance, okay, and you pay the, however much it is a month. Good on you. Now the question is, and this is what we're going to address in the next segment, what happens if the worst happens and you die? You and your spouse both die, okay? Or if you're a single parent, you die. Then what happens to the kids? What happens to the money, all right? Both are, both are very, very important because you don't want to saddle your parents with your kids and no money to take care of them, okay? And you don't want to give your kids a ton of money with nobody to keep an eye on the kids. And what's more important, frankly, just as important, I guess I would say, as having the money is how it's dealt with. And that's what we're going to talk about next. You're listening to The David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. Dressed up like Eskimos, everybody knows. And Cupid and Donner and Blitzen,
0: but do you recall the most famous reindeer of all? Yeah! Rudolph! this hour of the David Carrier Show is pro bono. So call in now at 774-2424. This is the David Carrier Show.
1: Welcome back to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney Right now, we're going to be talking about what do we do if we're parents of young kids? Uh, How do you take care of the kids if you're not around? And uh, I think it's one of the most neglected areas of this whole estate planning thing. Uh, I keep pointing out older folks, all folks are conservative in the sense that once you've built something, you're more concerned with defending it than you are with acquiring more. I mean, there are some, as uh, Charles Dickens said of uh, – uh, let me see if we can, uh, can get the quote for you. Um, a- as he said of uh, of uh, Ebenezer Scrooge, a tight-fisted hand at the grindstone Scrooge, a squeezing, wrenching, grasping, scraping, clutching, covetous old sinner, hard and sharp as flint, secret and self-contained, and solitary as an oyster. Well, hopefully that doesn't describe you. Uh- <laughs> That's Scrooge. Um, but most people are not that way, right? Most people, you know, once they build up something, they like to hang on to it as opposed to grasping and scheming to get something else. Well, children are a bet on the future. Children, we're not trying to conserve our children. What we're trying to do is grow them, right? Build them, help them to be more than we ever were, right? Isn't that the isn't that the promise of your kids? Isn't that why uh, we put as much into our kids as we can? not because there are possessions you do see parents who think that you know so-called helicopter parents you know who who um you know, treat the kids as if they were possessions of some sort you see that it's sad but they are um but most of the time what we're trying to do is to get them to fly out of the nest come back and visit us once in a while say nice things about us i guess but mostly what you're trying to do is um is uh, prepare the kids for their own lives and move them ahead, move them forward, all right? I I think that's what most parents are trying to do. But the unfortunate reality is most estate planning doesn't do that. So let's say you've got your life insurance in place. You're socking away the 401k. You're trying to build, you're being responsible, all the rest of this. Um, and now you and your spouse have both died. Okay, that's terrible to say, but what if it it does happen. Uh and so then the question is, what about the kids? Well, first and foremost is who's gonna take care of the kids? Okay, and that's a really it's a whole other discussion. I'm not gonna cover it right now, but that's a that's a question. And the important point I'd like to make about that is the person who gets the kids should not also should not be the person who gets the money. All right, you don't wanna set up that temptation. Lead us not into temptation, into temptation, right? Eve didn't go in the garden looking for apples, all right? The snake showed up and tempted. Okay, got it. And then Adam's excuse, oh, the woman tempted me. Yes, temptation, it's a bad thing. So let's not put your guardian, right, or the trustee for your children, the money people and the kid people, let's not give them any extra temptation. Let's set that up. So whoever gets your kids, the presumption would be, and sometimes there's no one else, but so we do both, But the presumption should be someone else is getting the money. Now, what do we do with the money? You've got two kinds of money. Okay, you die, you've got two kinds of money. Um, You've got IRA money, 401K, 453, 403B. You've got the retirement savings type money. Uh, And then you've got the other money, what we call qualified money, tax qualified money, IRAs, et cetera. And then you have non-qualified money, life insurance, sale of the house your investment account that is not in the IRA, okay? Those those are the two kinds of money that you have. And you need to deal with them separately, differently because they're different kinds of money, okay? Separately. So the tax-advantaged money, the tax-qualified money, the 401k, the retirement plan asset money, all words for the same sort of thing. That should go to your kids in equal shares, share and share alike. And the reason it should do that is because that's how you maximize the tax advantage for the kids. Okay? So you deal with those separately, not as, not pulled together, not in a pool, not in a pot, but separately. Each kid gets a slice of the pie. Unfortunately, unfortunately, most parents, and let's face it, most advisors are telling you to do this. They treat everything as if it was the pie, the dessert, the extra, right? There's no real rationale to it other than, well, I treat my kids equally. Listen, equal is not fair. Say that. Say that along with me. Equal is not fair. Fair is not equal when it comes to minor children, all right? You love all your kids the same. Yeah, tell it to the Marines. You got a favorite. You know you do, right? Besides which, the kids are different. They're not the same. They're not, they're equal in your, yeah, you love them both equally, well, fine, right? But they're not the same. So you got one kid who's playing hockey on the travel team. How expensive is that? Very. You got another kid who likes to read books. How expensive is that? Well, there's libraries, right? There's online, very inexpensive. But if you buy the one kid, a new hockey stick, blades, helmet, pads, etc. Do you give X thousand dollars to the other one? Well, it'd be equal, but it's not fair. They have different interests. Okay, one kid needs braces, right? Needs orthodontia. The other one's kids are beautiful, movie star quality, right from the get go. Well, you don't give five thousand dollars or ten thousand dollars or whatever braces cost these days. You don't give that money over to the other kid. It'd be equal, but it's not fair. One kid breaks their arm. You give the other one the deductible. Really? Who does that? The answer is nobody. You treat your kids as individuals, right? You give them what's fair, what they need, that kind of thing. Not equal, okay? Fair, not equal. That should be your touchstone. And yet everybody puts all the kids together on the insurance or whatever. You should not do that. Yes, you should do that equally. Right, equally treat them equally when it comes to the IRA money. Not because that's a good idea, but because that's because the tax law says you can maximize tax advantage. That's that's the only reason you're treating that separately. Okay, everything else. This is my view of the world. Everything else goes in the pot. Okay, it's a trust, and the trust says dish out the money, dish out the stew, American chop suey, whatever you call it, the the mulligatawny, the the goulash, dish out whatever's in here, the money, right? In a way that approximates what the parents would have done, what we would have done if we were still around. So you got one kid plays hockey. They don't have to give up hockey. You got the other kid reads books. Well, they don't suddenly get a windfall, okay? You manage that money. The person you put in charge manages the money in a way approximating what you would have done. Does that make sense? OK, so now you're treating your kids fairly, but not equally because they have different needs. So so you had kids who are six years apart. Are you with me on this? Six years apart. You got one kid two years into their career after graduating college. You got the other one just starting college. Right. Well, you supported the other one all the way through. Then this one's just starting. How's that fair? Right. The one got parental family support. The other one, you know, you got to make it on your own. And by the way. You know, we're putting the thumb on the scale for the other one because we already paid their college, okay? That's the that's kind of the idea here. Now, you keep the money together like that until the youngest one is 25. You do not owe your kids the yellow brick road. You do not owe them easy street. You do owe them, right? And your kids owe your grandkids feet on the path. That's what this is about. So at age 20, I would just say 25, could be 26, could be 24. You decide, right? I say age 25 seems like a good number to me, right? At age 25, that's where you get equal. So whatever's left in the pot now gets divided equally among the kids without regard to what got spent before. Are we all together on that? So the idea is you both died. You got one who's 10 and the other one's 15, let's just say. Well, until the 10-year-old, for the next 15 years, we're going to... They get equal share of the IRA money, but the rest of the money, the life insurance, et cetera, that's going to be held together and dished out as they need it until the youngest one is 15, excuse me, 25, so the 10-year-old, 15 years, Till the youngest one is now 25, okay? Now, these are all going to be done through trusts because we're not giving money to kids on their birthday. That is like insanity, Okay. Oh, you're 18. Here's a chunk of money. What were you like at 16? (laughs) Come on. Or not you because you were very responsible, I'm sure. What was your brother like at 16? Right? Your sister. Bad idea to give them a chunk of money. Understood. So that's the concept here, right? We're going to only dish out money. We're going to do it intelligently. We're going to do it on purpose. We're not going to do it because the calendar has a certain date on it. All right. When we get back, we'll talk about what do we do now. That you know, how do we manage the money going forward? Very different than what everybody else is doing, uh, but it works, and it's a lot more common sense, I think, than uh, what everyone else is uh, is saying. So, when we get back, we'll wrap that one up. You're listening to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney.
0: This hour of the David Carrier Show is pro bono. So call in now at 774-2424. This is the David Carrier Show.
1: Welcome back to the David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney. I'm going to sum up here for parents of minor children, grandparents of minor children. Here's what you you should be doing, my opinion. Number one, secure the Finances. How do you do that? The answer is you buy El Cheapo Repo 20 times your earnings, and that's just my thought, right, Uh, term life insurance until your kids are like 20, 25, something like that, okay? That is your uh, bet. That's the table stakes against you dying young and leaving your family in the lurch. And term life insurance, level term life insurance is cheap, 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 cheap. Uh, Go online, buy the cheapest stuff you can, you know, Get that, check that box, okay? Also, uh, you know, be salt in the way for the future. Do your 401k, 403b, 457. And listen, I'm not a financial advisor, and I understand that some of the most expensive ways to save, actually, are the 401k, 403b. And yet, and yet, for most middle-class people, it's the best bet out there, okay? Now, I'm not a financial advisor. Listen to a financial advisor. They'll tell you something else. Okay, fine. Listen to them. Whatever, get your house in order, okay. Number one, number one, protect against the downside that you die early. That's your life insurance. Number two, make sure that you're not a drag, a burden on society, what have you, by doing your own retirement savings. However you do that, and you know, with the employer matches and stuff like that, it seems like four uh, hundred one k is not a bad way to go, right? It seems to me. Uh, do a Roth, of course, so that as Taxes uh, skyrocket in the future, you're protected against that. Seems like obvious though. Now, the next question is if the worst thing happens, if you and your spouse die, what are we going to do with your kids? And my point is, you've got two kinds of money now you've got insurance money and you've got uh, uh, rep- retirement plan savings. You've got your IRA, 401k, whatever. You need to treat those differently. You need to divvy up the IRA money to your kids in trust. Don't just give it to them because otherwise they're going to get it at age 18. But if you do it properly, if you do a a trust that's designed to hold retirement plan assets. You can max out the retirement plan benefits, the tax benefits for the kids. You can max those out. Okay. You don't have to give up anything. Uh, But if you die right? Or when you die, because that's going to come for us all. Uh, When you die, now it's going to the kids uh, in the best way possible. No one can take it away from the kids if it's done correctly. Kids get the maximum tax benefit, okay? Everything else, and that's equal. That's dessert. That's a pie. Divide that pie equally, or if you don't like one of them, give them 10%, give the other one 90%. I don't know. That's up to you. Um, But most of the time, it's going to be equal because that's how you maximize the benefit, the tax benefit for the kids. Everything else goes into the pot. The pot is a trust that is for the benefit of all of the kids or both of the kids. Okay. It's flexible. All right. The person that you've died, you died, and you know, who died and made you king? <laughs> Mom and dad did. Okay. Great. Well, anyway, that person is going to be in charge of dishing out what's in the what's in the pot trust. Okay? Approximating what you would do until the youngest one is twenty-five. Okay, I'm just recapping now. All right, so that's what you're gonna do. No birthday money. No, oh boy, mom and dad died, you're 18. Here's a whole ton of money. Go be responsible. Right. Who believes that? Okay, so we don't want that. Number so so this is how we get it set up until the youngest one's 25. The whole plan here is not to dump money on kids. The idea is provide a mechanism where we maximize the possibility that your kids won't wind up dead of a fentanyl overdose uh, on the stripper pole. Uh, You know, New York now has places where you can go shoot up and get high. uh, And then when you're over your high, then you go stumble around the streets again, robbing people until you can buy more drugs. Okay, that looks like a recipe for success. Well, you don't want your kid there. All right? Maybe that's what you gotta do to keep people from freezing to death in Central Park. Okay, maybe it is. Uh I you know, that's beyond my pay grade. But I don't want my kid in there, okay? And if you give your ton of money your kid a ton of money on a birthday and you screw them up like that, they're more likely to be there than otherwise. So let's not do that, hey? Uh-huh. Now, the next question is. How do we ultimately get the money to the kids? And here's the answer. When the youngest one's 25, each kid gets their equal share. Let's presuming you did it that way. Each kid gets an equal share. But we don't write them a check. All right? You've got, remember, you put uh uh Uncle Scrooge. <laughs> you put Uncle Scrooge in charge of the uh dishing out the money to the kids, right? So Uncle Scrooge now has control over the money, paying out to your kids, paying out for what they need. Are you with me on this? No, no big chunk of money. Oh, you're 25. Here's a big chunk of money. Also disaster. Not a great idea. So here's the idea. Uncle Scrooge, Scrooge is in charge of investing the money, in charge of distributing the money. When the kid, when Tiny Tim makes it to 30 years old, so now Tiny Tim is 30 years old, Okay. Tiny Tim now gets to invest the money. Tiny Tim gets to figure out what that's all about. He doesn't get to give himself a swimming pool or a Lamborghini or anything, you know, or just a big chunk of money. No. Tiny Uncle Scrooge is still doing that part. But now Tiny Tim, your kid, is now doing the investment. At age 40, 10 years later, 10 years of seeing that money has consequences, that your decisions mean something. All right? You get more money, you get less money. It matters how much, how well you pay attention to it, all the rest of this. After a 10-year apprenticeship right, in dealing with the money, your kid, Tiny Tim, now gets to fire Uncle Scrooge and appoint, I don't know, whoever they want. So at age 40, could they empty it? Yeah, they could, you see. But what you have done is you've made sure that no matter what, your kid is not getting at a young age, at an inappropriate age, a big chunk of money to, to go screw themselves up. They're not, it's not happening. You've got somebody who's older and wiser, right, who the kid will resent and they won't like it, and cetera, et cetera. Tough, 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 tough. Nobody gave you a big chunk of money and you're not doing that to your kids, right? The fact that mom and dad died doesn't mean you won the lottery, Oh, mom and dad are dead. Great! I now I get a big chunk of money. Wee! What? 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 How ridiculous is that? Instead, what we're doing is we're approximating what would have happened had you survived. Okay, so everything is done on purpose. Everything is done for a reason. And if you don't have, you know, Uncle Scrooge in your family, I mean, if you don't have somebody who you can trust to manage the money, go with a corporate trustee. It costs you, it'll cost you a percent or two or something like that. But, but hey, financial advisors charge you that anyway. That's what we're going to do. That's how we make sure that your younger kids are well taken care of in the season of nativity and looking forward and good things to happen. You're listening to The David Carrier Show. I'm David Carrier, your family's personal attorney.
0: You've been listening to The David Carrier Show, a lively discussion addressing your questions and concerns, but not legal advice. There is a big difference. So when making decisions that affect your family, your property, or yourself, the best advice is to seek good advice, specific to your unique needs. If you missed any of today's show or would like additional information about the law offices of David Carrier, please visit davidcarrierlaw.com.
1: With Lucky Land Sluts, you can get lucky just about anywhere.